Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Today's Business Leaders. I'm very excited that we're going to have Tom Gaddis on today. Um, he is a lifelong marketer and entrepreneur. He's had a lot of ups and downs in his journey, and I'm really fortunate that I'm in uh, one of the same mastermind groups with Tom, and we actually got to be in person about a month ago. Um, and so I'm really excited to have him on the show today to learn about his entrepreneurial journey, his marketing uh, genius, and everything, all the great lessons that he's going to be able to share with us. So stay tuned, and we'll dive right into the show. the show, Tom. I'm glad we get to spend some time here. We had had a couple of good conversations when we were together last in person, but I really like this format for having conversations because we get to kind of walk through your journey and share your wisdom and your lessons with, with the audience here. So thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I use the word genius. I don't know. That's like, uh, that's, it's uh, I don't know if you can call what I do genius, but, um, <laughs> as long as you try to live up to it in the show, you'll be okay. All right. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. So when did you first realize that you're an entrepreneur, Tom? Man, you know, that is, that's a great first question and a very interesting, interesting one for me because like lately I've kind of been describing my journey in entrepreneurship as a journey of becoming. Um, because when I, so when I was younger, uh, I wanted to be a professional magician. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, I was really, really into magic. And, uh, you know, I also like got introduced at a young age to, you know, some Tony Robbins stuff and, you know, Think and Grow Rich and uh, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, mainly because of the magic side, right? Like I had some uh, some friends that were older magicians and they were like, look, you know, if you're going to be performing for the public, you know, you need to, How to Win Friends and Influence People is a great book. If you're going to be selling your magic shows, like Think and Grow Rich is something you should read. And so, you know, when I, when I read that stuff, I really... Um, I mean, I really bought into the the idea that of those books, right? That, uh, you know, if you want to be successful, model people that are successful. If, you know, uh, the kind of the way I thought about money, like it really appealed to me that there could be nothing. You could create something and like it would generate income. Like all of that stuff super appealed, appealed to me. Plus as an entertainer, and a show business person, like, you know, when somebody says uh, you should get a job or do work, I like duck, you know, I'm like, whoa, I don't want to do, I don't want to do work. Like I would much rather like, oh, I go out and do a magic show and I get paid for it. Like that sounds much more appealing to me because I love to do it, you know, than, than actually doing work. Um, so yeah. I just kind of, I kind of bought into to, to that stuff. Right. And um you know, I, I ended up being a, I was a professional magician in my twenties. I, I did that for a while. I ended up, you know, being a magician at the Boca Raton resort and hotel for a few years. I moved to Michigan, uh, to work in a magic themed restaurant. A friend of mine had opened there 
and you know, just, then just some things happen. Like I, I just sort of got dis disillusioned with it. I was like, ah, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. So I went into the uh, restaurant business. I just got a job as a bartender and I was a bartender for a long time. I eventually uh, ended up moving back to Oklahoma, met my wife, got married, had, uh, she got pregnant. And I was like, man, I can't just be a bartender and, you know, and have a kid. So yeah, uh, I went to my managers. I was working at the Olive Garden. I went to the Olive Garden. I was like, hey, you know, my wife's pregnant. I want to do something different. So they were like, oh, we'll make you a manager. So they put me through this management training. I became a manager at Olive Garden. Um, we had another daughter. Then uh, I got fired from the Olive Garden. So I went to work for Logan's Roadhouse. And I was a manager there in Oklahoma City for a while. And um, But I was still pursuing uh, side hustle stuff. So a couple of things that I had gotten into when I was in Michigan, I met another magician who was also a writer. And, um, you know, now he's, he's 84. Um, but when I met him, he had written a book in the eighties called easy Dosset. And this is in like 1981, 1982. He sold half a million copies of that book. So it was extremely, I mean, like there was no computer market at the time, right? Like, and it was extremely successful. So, and he self-published it. So not only was I kind of like learning uh, magic from him because he's a really great magician, but I was also starting to get back into the business side of things. Like, you know, like how did he do that? Like he really became a mentor to me and he was working on some projects at the time. And he was like, hey, you know, I could really use somebody to uh, help me figure out this, you know, the online side of these things. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So I started, you know, looking in like, well, how would we market books and do things online? And that led to a very, you know, a various couple of things. Um, and I, and, you know, I discovered internet marketing. And yeah. uh, so I was, got really into that copywriting, copywriting, internet marketing, all that stuff. And I've always been a voracious reader. So, you know, I was getting all the things I could find about it, direct marketing, all that stuff. And, uh, Anyway, that was, but I left Michigan. I'm back in Oklahoma. I'm working at the restaurant, my wife, but I'm, I'm trying to like do things on the side. So I was doing some internet marketing stuff. I built a little affiliate website and, uh, you know, I did this thing called the 30 day challenge. It was by Ed Dale and Dan rain. And it was this free training. And the goal was you, you followed their thing. you they gave you something to do every day for 30 days. And the goal was you make your first dollar online. Yeah. And, uh, so I did it and I did that. I made, like, I had this little affiliate site. It was making like a hundred bucks a month. I wasn't really doing anything, but I couldn't really scale it and figure out what to do next. And uh, in the meantime, my wife's uh, mom moved to Maui, Hawaii. And uh, my wife was like, oh, we should go visit. And I was like, visit? Let's just move there. Like our, our oldest daughter, she has a year before she starts school. Like, let's just, let's just go there. If we don't like it, we'll just, you know, we'll come back. And yeah. so in 2010, uh, we decided to move to Maui, Hawaii. I'd never been to Hawaii, never been to Hawaii, never been to Maui. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's just go. And um, my plan was I can finally get out of the restaurant business. Cause I was pretty miserable. Like the hours, the just, I just didn't like it. And I, I just knew I, wanted to do something different. And, um, so we, but my wife says, look, you've never even been to Hawaii. Like maybe you should have a job when we get there, you know? Yeah. 
So I was like, well, okay, I'll look. So I look on line and uh, the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company on Maui just posted a job for a restaurant manager. So I applied and they set up some interviews and I didn't really want to do it. So when they asked me how much I made, like I told them like way more than what I was making. Yeah. And, uh, they were like, okay, we're good. I was like, Jesus. All right. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I, we moved to Maui. I'm working at the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, but I'm there for eight months and I get fired. And uh, now I'm like, well, now what am I going to do? So I was like, you know what? I really need to, I really want to start my own business. And um, what had, what had happened kind of in the interim was some of those skills that I learned doing uh, quote internet marketing, uh, SEO, social media, how to build websites, uh, I realized that there were local businesses that could use help with those things. Mm-hmm. And so I had gotten a few clients here and there. And to me, that was a much easier uh, business model than the affiliate marketing stuff because I didn't have to drive traffic. Like I could literally go talk to someone and have a check in hand, you know, which was just much more doable. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to start an age. I want to start an agency here in Hawaii. And, uh, so I'm collecting unemployment and I'm uh, trying to get an agency going and I'm looking at doing some other stuff too. And about that time I saw a webinar for ClickFunnels. Russell Brunson was like promoting this thing all around. And um, he had this deal where it was like, uh, you could get it for like a thousand bucks, but I was so broke, I didn't have the money. So a friend of mine put it on his credit card and let me make payments over time for ClickFunnels. Nice. So I had to borrow the money to get it. So I had this ClickFunnels. I'm trying to do the agency thing. I'm not really getting much traction with anything. And uh, and then I, I came across this uh, idea that was like, um, it's kind of like a jumbo postcard. And you section it off into ad spaces and you just sell ads and then you mail it out to like 10,000 residents in the area. And I thought, well, this looks like a pretty good thing. Like, I'll try this. So um my unemployment was about to run out. So it was like put up or shut up time. Right. Like, and I did not want to get a job. So I'm like, well, I'll give this thing a try. So I go down to the office max and uh, I have them make me a mock-up of this card and I have it laminated. So it's like this big nine by 12 plastic thing. And uh, I just start walking into businesses and I'm like, look, I'm going to mail this thing out. You can have an ad. It's going to go to 10,000 residents. And they're like, wait, you're mailing this thing laminated? And I'm like, no, it's not laminated. This is just an example. Like (laughs) it won't be laminated, but uh, I sold, like I had 16 spots on this thing and I sold all 16 spots in seven days. And it only cost me like, I think I spent $40 to have the stuff made up. You know, I bought like a receipt book and, and at the end of this seven days, that 40 bucks, I had, seven grand in revenue. I had collected half of it up front. I used that half of the money to hire a designer to start designing the ads. And, um, and then I, I had her design the ads, put it together. When their ads were done, they paid me the other half. And then I collected the rest of the money. Once I collected the rest of the money, I had the cards printed and they were sent to me. And then I sent them out in the mail using the every door direct mail program. And when that was all said and done, I had like four grand in profit left over. So plus I had 16 clients that paid me money. Yeah. So 
I'm like, that's it. I'm off to the races. I'm an entrepreneur. And uh, then proceeded to just about run that business into the ground. So I was not an entrepreneur. I uh, I was severely lacking in uh, discipline and just uh, a lot of stuff, work ethic, things like that. So yeah, it wasn't going very well, you know. And um, finally, I had to come to this moment where I was like, "Look, I got to fix this." So. I stopped doing the cards and started focusing on doing websites and things like that. But I, I had a pretty good client base built up. So I was just, uh, I started doing that. And then I started doing the cards again. And eventually I was able to figure the, the back end stuff out. And, you know, my agency started doing well, you know, we got to six figures and, uh, but I'm looking around at what I'm doing and I'm thinking, and, you know, like this business is a, a couple of things happened in the agency. One, I had a lot of, I had like five high paying clients. They all left for various reasons over the course of like 60 days. Wow. I'm like, God, man, like this, this is good, but it's like, I got to be getting clients all the time and I'm in this small area and it just felt a little um, uh, shaky to me, you know? And so uh, I was trying to think of like, well, how can I, how can I expand this out? Like, what can I do? And, uh, I thought, well, you know, I could go back to the internet marketing thing. Like I've got this method to get clients. I got 16 clients in seven days, you know, yeah. I made seven grand in revenue, pocketed four grand in profit. Like I'll just make a course about that. Yeah. So I made a little course about it and uh, I launched that on an affiliate platform called Warrior Plus and I sold like 2000 copies. And then that's, that's the start of kind of the rest of that journey. I know that was a really long answer to a very short question you no, asked me, perfect. but it's like, a lot of the things that I do today, like, um, you know, a lot of the stuff uh, that I talk about and things like that are all things I had to figure out. You know, I, I had to really work on uh, developing the habits, the, you know, putting the time and effort into uh, implementing, taking the action, you know, because I was like a big, I wanted to know everything. But like when it came to actually doing and implementing and executing there was an issue. So I've really had to work on that and, and really just like, you know, just show up every day and work on the business, you know? Yeah. That is an excellent answer. Thank you. That's exactly, I love hearing those stories because I would, I would challenge a little bit. I think you were an entrepreneur the day you went out or the seven days you went out and sold all those customers. <laughs> Maybe you weren't, uh, we obviously you weren't as successful as an entrepreneur as you are today. Um, yeah. But I, I always think like that spark or that first idea or the willingness to just bet it, you know, bet what we have, our time and, you know, a little bit of money or whatever. I think that's always the spark of entrepreneurship. And I can super relate to what, you, what you've said, you know, here is like not having the discipline or not really wanting to do the work or like it, it sounds like you're similar to me in the sense that like you love the creativity, you love the ideas, but then it always gets hard when like we have to execute well and execute consistently. So what is, I'm curious around that, what, um, what process or journey have you gone through to marry together the fun part of entrepreneurship, which is new ideas. And we're going to try this and it's all, all this, it's all creative and fun. And we're all excited to the day to day, which can be, really be a grind. It can be hard and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, you know, put the back end together of the business. It's also hard. Like when you go through, I've gone through the seasons too, to lose like five big clients in 60 days. That's hell. It just sucks. Yeah. There's nothing good about it, but, um, but what, how have you gone from probably leaning way more creative, you know, creatively and just like 
wanting to be inspired every day for something new, which is not necessarily entrepreneurship in the long run, to having the stability that you do now. Are the things you've engineered or are there processes or accountability or what's what's taken you from an inexperienced, less successful entrepreneur to stability in the success you have today? Yeah, so there are a couple of things. Number one is, uh, you know, the thing the postcard thing taught me was like that action is king, right? Like I had been spending so much of my time before that uh, figuring out how to be successful without taking the action, right? Like, and I would worry about all kinds of stuff. Like, well, what do I name my agency? Well, what do I call this? Well, what do I do that? Well, what if I, like, what if I, uh, I can't go offer to build a website for somebody. Cause what if they ask me this question? Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, what if they ask me to see work? Like, what will I do? Like, so I had, like, I would, I would constantly, um, uh, think about what was going to happen and imagine scenarios. And then that would keep me from like, well, I got to figure that out before I can actually do anything. And the reality was no, that wasn't the case. The the reality was you take the action first and you figure all of that stuff out. So, you know, uh, we scaled pretty big, but it's like, it's like sitting there trying to figure out how to scale your company when you don't even have three clients. Like that's an impossible task, but I see that all the time. People are like, well, you, you'll, they'll say like, well, well, what can I do to generate money now? And I'll tell them about the postcard thing. Yeah. We'll go, yeah, but that doesn't seem scalable. Like, well, who cares? Like, you could have $4,000 in a couple of weeks. Like, who gives a shit if it's scalable? Like, forget scalable. You know what I mean? Like, let's just get some traction. Plus, when you have the money, like, doing all the other stuff becomes infinitely easier. Yeah. it's, It's easy, right? And a lot of the things that I worried about just didn't turn out to be big deals. Like, you know, what I named my company and all those things, like all of that stuff that typically, you know, slows people down is like, it turned out not to be that important as I thought it was. And all of it can be changed. All of it can, and like the sky doesn't fall down when you do that. So the first part was realizing like, it's about the action, like action, action, action. The second thing was realizing like, okay, looking at what my strengths and weaknesses were and understanding them. Like when I talk about entrepreneurship as a becoming for myself, it really goes back to just becoming a better person. It's really not so much about the business part. Like I just had to, I just had to be a better person in my life in general, you know? So, you know, some of the things I started doing were like getting up early in the morning, like making a point to be up early in the morning, having a morning routine, like the things that were not business related, Like I started showing up on time for that stuff. Like if I told somebody I was going to meet them, like I got there early, like whether there was money and a lot of times there wasn't money involved. There were just friends and different things like that. Like I started being uh, somebody who kept his commitments, who could be counted on in my personal life. And then that translated into my business life. Like all of a sudden I could show up for stuff. And a surprising uh, side note of that was like in Maui, nobody's on time so because I was 10 minutes early all the time. People are like, Oh my God, like nobody's on time here. Right. Like, so I stood out. So like, you know, implementing those habits and those things in the stuff that didn't involve money to just 
try to be a better person and work on myself ended up helping me in the business side of things and financially. And it also what it did was it allowed me to see really where I needed help, you know, like, okay, well, where do I need help? And for me, the systems and the operation side and like the technical side, I wasn't a graphic designer. I really, I didn't like to do the fulfillment part of things. So I started actively looking for someone to help me with those things. And uh, I found this, I found this guy in Maui who was also starting an agency. His name's Nick Ponte. And uh, my plan was, okay, I'm going to rope this guy into doing fulfillment for my agency, right? That's really <laughs> what I wanted him to do. So uh, we started working together doing that. And then I put out this product and one day he's in my office and he, and I was like, man, I just sent an email. I made like 500 bucks. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, I had this product. And so I'm showing him what I'm doing. And he was like, dude, that's super cool. Like he's kind of a, he's a, he's younger than I am. And uh, I was like, well, you know, it's kind of a lot of work to do this. Like, do you want to help me do it? Like maybe we could partner up on it. Like we could talk about what we're doing in our agencies to grow them. And he was like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. You know, I was like, all right, well, let's do that. So we partnered up. We started this company called Offline Sharks. And uh, we just started putting out products about how we were getting clients, like the things we were doing to get clients and different things like that. And um, that first year we did like five product launches. And um, yeah, we were off to the races. We had an email list. So now we, you know, we were promoting offers to our people we were doing these product launches and uh, everything just kind of grew from there. So, you know, he's the co-founder of Offline Sharks and of Remote Millionaires, which is uh, another one of our, our brands. And, uh, you know, he really saved me because he was doing the graph. Like I would put together the trainings. I would be the front guy on the videos. I did the web, you know, like we started doing webinars. Yeah. I did the webinars. I did all that stuff, the, the writing, the copy for the sales pages. And then he did all the graphics and set up all the technical side of things. And so that partnership was really great, right? And then over the years, we've each, you know, when you get in a partnership like that, like everybody wants to be better. So, you know, over the years, we've each worked on the various parts. Like I work better at dealing with the processes and the systems and all the stuff that happens after you do the thing, you yeah. know? And uh, he's worked on, you know, being more, um, more public facing and doing webinars himself and doing training videos and things like that. And so, you know, we've really kind of like grown together and um, yeah. And that's, that's really kind of like, that was the other big piece of it, like realizing what I needed help with and then being willing to go out and look for somebody who could do those things. And, you know, he wasn't the first person I partnered up with. I'd partnered up with one other guy before that didn't really work out because he went on to do real estate but that's okay, right? Like I just knew like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. And one thing about Nick that, that you know, um, that really keeps me in check is I'm like an action guy. Like, like oh, let's just, just go, 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 right? And uh, he's like, whoa, 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 dude, we need to like take a minute and systematize this process. Like we don't need to be doing 12 things right now. We need to be like our joke with each other is we call it the circle of focus. He's always like, Tom, circle of focus, dude, circle of focus. Like you got to pick one, a couple of things and build out from there. And so almost all the stuff that we've built out today has been a direct result of the challenges and the things we faced in growing the business. 
Cause as the business grows, you're like, man, handling support is a real pain. You know, like yeah. it is like a creativity killer when you open up your email and somebody's like, you know, giving you the third degree about something they bought because <laughs> they don't like it or they didn't get access or, or whatever. So yeah. like the first thing was like, we need to not be doing support. So let's hire people to do support. Right. And that was the start of our team. Right. And as the agency was still growing, cause we still have an agency in Hawaii, like now, like he wanted to work in the, the business we were building. So he started working to build his agency in a way where he didn't have to be involved in it all the time. Right. Yeah. At the time we didn't like, we were just doing it because like, that's what we had to do. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> well, here's a problem we have. We need to figure out a way to fix it. We figure out a way to fix it. Then it turned out the way we were fixing things was like really appealing to people. People were going, wait a minute, like, how are you guys doing all this stuff? It's like, well, to us, we're just like, we have a problem and we figure out a way around it, right? Yeah. We don't want to spend all our time in the agency. We figured out a way around it. Then people are like, man, we want an agency like that. So that's, yeah. you know, um, and plus because we're actually, you know, working the agency every day and, and that agency has clients, a lot of clients and all that stuff, like, everything we're teaching people is derived from that. Right. So it, it also is super authentic, right? Because like, that's right. what we're doing. Like we're, yeah. we're not talking about something we did two years ago, 10 yeah. years ago, like right now, while you and I are having this conversation, that agency's running, somebody's prospecting, somebody's doing fulfillment. The team is communicating like crazy. Like yeah. it's, it's in motion, you know? So yeah, it's really been that kind of a journey for us. It's like, okay, well, what's the next thing we want to do? How do we do it? What are the problems? How do we fix those problems? And then just fixing them one little thing at a time, you know, one little thing at a time. And I will say this, and then I'll shut up and let you talk. So <laughs> I think this is super important, though, for people because, and I know I made this mistake. If I were on the outside, at the start of my journey again, looking at what we have going right now, I would have the wrong view of the actions I need to take. Because right now our business is, you know, we do three product launches a year. They're big, like we've worked up, we, we work with some of the biggest affiliates out there. We do big product launches. We have a podcast, we have a YouTube channel. We've got a monthly membership. We have a high ticket coaching program, right? Like. We have, a, we have a Facebook group. We do a live show every week in the Facebook group. There's, there's a lot of stuff. So people look at what we have going and think, I need to do all that stuff. Yeah. But like, we didn't start doing all that stuff. Yeah. Right? Like we started with one product launch. Like, yeah. let's just do one product launch. We didn't worry about how we were going to make money from the list. We weren't worried about like, well, how, how, are we going to sell them? Like, we didn't even have a recurring element to what we were offering, right? Like, yeah. Today we have this funnel that's like, it's like a machine, right? Because every piece has been worked out and tested and we know where to go here and we add this there and try that here. And we've got recurring built in because we figured out like we want to have recurring built in. So, you know, all of that stuff came again to tie this back to what I was saying in the beginning, all of this stuff resulted from doing yeah. right? the doing allowed us to figure out and then keep moving forward. And then, um, you know, it turns out what we're doing is like, then people see it and they go, oh man, like, that's awesome. Show me how to do that. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think it, the, the thing of what you've said is just super important. Cause like you can't, you can't solve problems. You can't make money. You can't grow your business if you're not consistently taking action. And also what you, the couple of things you said, I think are just important to call out is that 
by having a partner that was <clears throat> had the opposite skills to you, that's where you balanced yourself and like, you know, Nick helped you stay focused and like you narrowed your focus. And that's a great partnership. And I think we've yeah. all probably been in partnerships where it didn't work out for what different reasons, but to find that is, is definitely key. And then you said something interesting, which you explained well in like how you tackled it, but to touch on it again, you said um, you need to know what your weaknesses are and you need to understand them. And I think there's those, it sounds like those are two very different pieces to that, that puzzle. Um, and, it, and I can tell by how you've executed and grown the business and where you're at today that you really did understand your weaknesses. But is there like a specific example there or something you can color in a little bit more? Because I, I think lack of awareness early on in our entrepreneurial journey of what our weaknesses are hurts us. And then even when we know them or we know of them, we don't maybe understand them at the level we should. And it sounds like you've dug into that. So I'm curious about that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is understanding, like, what are the ones that I can actually change? And what are ones that probably are not going to change, right? Because like, I'll just take the agency side of things. So consistent prospecting is a problem yeah. almost everybody struggles with. I yeah. struggled with that immensely, mainly because I just freaking did not want to do it. So I was very up and down. Like I would be good to prospect for 30, 60, 90 days, but then, you know, I get busy. I really don't want to do it anyway. So like, so it was real up and down. So there's a point of like, I can fix that myself for a short amount of time, yeah. but then coming to the realization that I can't continue to do that forever because I, I just, I just know I won't do it, you know? Yeah. And now I don't know what that says about me, whether that just means I'm like, you know, lacking in discipline or whatever, but like, I just was like, look, I'm just done with that. So that realization led me to start wor working to build out a process of where the prospecting would happen without me, yeah. you know? So uh, in my case, I hired an appointment setter. I started having the appointment setter doing the outreach Monday through Friday. So that, th cause that act, that thing prospecting has to happen, yeah. right? It has to happen. It's like super important. It cannot not happen. It's like, yeah. it's like, if uh, you had a brick and mortar store and you just decided some days to just leave the door locked all day, like you right. would never do that. Like prospecting is the same way. If, if the agency business model is what you're going to do, prospecting is that way. It has to happen every day. And so it's great that you may try to do it yourself, but mm -hmm. sometimes you have to come to the realization that like, you just can't, maybe you're working another job and you don't have enough time. Maybe it requires too much, whatever, like, but coming to that realization quickly and then figuring out a way to get around it, either biting the bullet and hiring somebody to do it for you or figuring something out. Um, Cause giving up isn't an option, right? I mean, for me, giving up wasn't an option. It's like, well, all these things I'm doing, like I'm trying to do cold email. I'm trying to do this. None of it's working. Yeah. Well, do I give up or do I figure out something else out? Well, I got to figure something else out because you can't not pay the bills. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and it, I, I think that's wise way you explain it. Cause you're right. Like if you're starting a business, if you're new in your entrepreneurial journey, you kind of got to do all the work regardless. Like you're going to have to yeah. do the stuff you don't like. You're going to do the stuff you suck at too. But it sounds like you had enough awareness, you know, at some point in the journey to like observe your own patterns. And that's what I always try to pay attention to is what are the patterns that, you know, are occurring in my business or what are the things I notice about myself? Um, and it kind of brings back to something else you said I want to just call out as well that 
your business got better when you worked on yourself, not even necessarily related to business. And I always just try to remind people that your business is just a reflection of who you are. And so everything is connected. Yeah. If it's not going well, well, it's your fault. And that's good news because it means you can change it. Um, And yeah, it's like our businesses are our kids or they're a reflection of us or whatever analogy, you know, resonates with people is if things aren't working well, then it's on you to change who you are because your business can never outgrow you. Like the business is only going to keep up with your own personal growth. And it's like another thing I always say is like self-care is the ticket to seven figures. Like if you're not taking care of yourself, there's no way that you're going to sustain seven figures. Because if you don't have great, like you said, good morning routines, you know, good integrity of like just keeping your word and showing up. If you don't have that trust in yourself to keep your word to yourself, you know, and take good care of yourself, there's no way you can sustain, sustain growth like that. And I just think those basics are overlooked. And then, yeah, like I've heard the same things you've heard of like, well, how am I going to scale it? Like that doesn't matter at all. You know, that's just to be the last thing on your mind. Like just figure out how to make money today and keep making, you know, just get out there and, and sell one thing and then get good at selling that one thing and add on. And, the other perspective that I just think is should be shouted, you know, from the rooftops in today's world of everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, which I'm all for everybody being an entrepreneur, but don't think that you're going to flick the button and do everything Tom has going on today when it took you, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, whatever the process and journey was to get there. Um, because like, I'm the same way. I have, I have three different podcasts. We have a great team. Like we have a lot of different things going, but to launch all that at once would just kill you. It would kill me. Like if yeah. I didn't, ease my way into it. Um, so it's like that, that, it's yeah. that old joke, right? The seven year over, overnight success or whatever. Exactly. Right? Like, yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that that's just, that's really key. And that's why I was like, always love having these conversations because the folks like you that are coming on, I'm just willing to be transparent and talk about your failures, getting fired, learning stuff, you know, running into the problems. That's the real journey of entrepreneurship. But if we keep taking action and we keep showing up and we keep improving ourselves, we have a decent shot of being successful. But even with that, like I would assume, like thinking back to your you, you, the comment you made about like you lost five big clients in 60 days. I'm sure before that 60 day period, you probably were feeling like things were great. Compared- oh yeah, yeah, and- like everything, this gravy, I'm never gonna have, this is so awesome. It's like, holy shit, nothing's yeah. good anymore. And like, yeah. that's the other part of entrepreneurship. You could you could break seven figures, you could break eight finger figures and something is gonna shift and you have to go back to that ability to be resourceful and take action and pivot and change and deal with that season of pain. And for me, when I go through those seasons of pain, it's always the foundation to actually scale and you know take take the next big step because there's some lesson that I didn't learn apparently yet that I need to learn. So, yeah, well, and a lot of it is just like again, you're back to the we're back to the point of where like giving up isn't an option. Like it just has to not become an option anymore because right. there are you know. It's really easy once you've done something to look back and connect the dots of how you got to where you're at. Yeah. It was it does not it was not that way when it was happening. Like no none way. of it seemed like like a cl- like it wasn't like I didn't map that journey out. It's like I can only do it by being where I'm at and looking back. Then I see it and I go, right. "Oh, well this is how we got here." But like at the time I had no idea doing some of those things was going to lead to here. Or, I mean, some things were strategic, some things are, right. but like a lot of it is just, you know, figuring out like, you know, I, I'll give you two uh, really good examples. One is 
our monthly membership. So, you know, in our space, a lot of people put out software. So we had been doing these courses with no software. So we're like, man, we're going to build a software. So we spent all this money to build a software. We did a product launch. We're going to do a webinar on the back end. We're going to sell this software. Like it's three days before the webinar. My business, Nick and I are like looking at the software and I'm like, this thing sucks. We can't sell this. Like if we sell this, we are going to get killed. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do, you know? And uh, again, we were trying to do too much. Like we were, we tried to build a software that did all this different stuff. And um, so he's like, well, what are we going to do? It was like, we have this webinar in three days. Like we can't not have the webinar. Like we need the income. Right. So (laughs) I was like, all right, let me think about this. So I came back and I was like, look, I know what we're going to do. We're going to do a webinar and we're going to pitch a monthly membership. We're going to sell it for $47 a month. And we're going to do a live call every week. And we're going to do a training every week. So we're just going to build it live because we don't, we didn't have anything obviously. Right. Right. So like I made an outline of like what the first like 12 weeks of training were going to be. I put a webinar together. We went on, we did it. We signed up 300 members at $47 a month. Right now we have this monthly membership. So now we're, then we're doing the live trainings, which sucks. Like, I know it's great to do things live, but it also sucks when it's like 12 weeks of it. Cause by week six, you're just done. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. And um, so as we built it out, you know, then we started doing, I think we were doing two trainings a month. And so then we eventually, like, as we just kept doing it, eventually we had all these trainings that we did. So we put them in a members area, categorized them, started just doing one training a month. So like we just, we kind of created all of this content as we went. And, uh, you know, that, that membership is still active. We've got like the elite levels. Like I think we charge 197 a month for it now, but it's got a whole training library, right? Yeah. Of just a ton of stuff because we created it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a really great, it's a really great membership and program. And a lot of, you know, it, it does a lot of good in our community. A lot of people get results from it. So, but like that never would have happened if we didn't have that, like we probably would have waited and over thought it and never put it out. Cause like, what do we teach? So that was kind of how we got the membership thing going. Yeah. Another thing that is interesting to me is like how you never really know what's going to sidetrack you. So again, like some people may, in that situation may be like, well, we just won't do the webinar. Like for us, that wasn't an option. Like we right. need to keep moving forward. <laughs> so another time we, so we learned our lesson with the software. So we did eventually start making software, but we started making software that just did one thing. Yeah. Just did one thing. So we had a software called SSL. We have a, a course called SSL Sniper. <clears throat> and what the software in that course does is it finds websites that don't have SSL certificates. And you use that as a foot in the door. So yeah. you offer to install the SSL certificate for free or at a really low cost. And then while you're doing that, if you're done, you pitch them on SEO services. While I was installing the certificate, I noticed this, 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 and this. I can help you fix that. So it's a strategy we use at the agency. So uh, right before that launch, there had been all this kerfuffle in the internet marketing community about PayPal, shutting people's accounts down, PayPal, shutting people's accounts down. So we're like, oh my God, we do not want our PayPal accounts (laughs) shut down. Like, what would we do if that ever happened? Like, Like, we spent like weeks figuring out, like setting up alternative things so that if, if something happened and PayPal shut our account down, like we'd be good. So we go to do the launch 
And uh, like on day two of the launch, Google sends us an email and it's like, your software is not using our API correctly. You must quit using it right away. And we're like, the software doesn't work without the API, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're like, lit- I'm like literally on the phone with Nick while sales are rolling in. I'm like, oh my God, are we going to have to refund everybody? Yeah. Like, I think we might have to refund everybody. And he's like, Tom, we that's not an option. Like, we can't do that. Like, we'll figure something out. Turned out we just had to like send Google an email and clarify what we were doing and everything was good. But the interesting thing about that situation to me was a problem with the software wasn't even on our radar. Yeah. Right? Like our worry was PayPal. Like we had spent all this time <laughs> worrying about like, what if PayPal shuts down? And like, the thing yeah. was the software, it was like so far out of left field. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's just really hard to anticipate all that stuff. There's no way you can anticipate all those things. Just when they come up, you have to like deal with them. You know, a lot of it is just taking a breath, trying to keep your cool a little bit to figure out what to do, you know, and realizing that it's not as urgent as you think it is. Yeah, that's good advice, too. I think we get I think we can in a healthy way in our early part of our entrepreneurial journey, we can pattern ourselves to be quick start and jump in and solve and act, 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 which is super healthy. And like in some senses, you shouldn't lose a good portion of that. But as your business grows and scales and you mature, you do have the time to sit and think and be and, like, yeah. and, then, and then you can make wise decisions and not implode things or be too reactionary. Cause like, I'm sure in that situation, obviously refunding everybody would have sucked, but yeah. we were prepared to do it though. Yeah. Like, we were prepared to do it. If push right. came to shove. Yeah. And like, you probably would have survived too at that stage of business. So being reactionary and not digging into the problem could have cost you money. Um, but you, when you are even just a little bit more established, I, it's definitely wise to, to take that pause and think and, you know, realize that the world is not burning to the ground. You can just take a minute and think about what you're going to do. And the other kind of interesting thing that just came up for me too, is when you talked about like improving yourself and keeping your word to yourself and like getting up early. And then of course, like keeping your word to other people, like just showing up, you know, early and on time. I think that those little things are overlooked sometimes, but I believe that they give us the confidence to sell something and then deliver on it because we trust ourselves enough that like, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to find the solution. I know who I am. And the way that you've described multiple launches and ideas and things you've been through is you have the concept, you have an idea, you know enough of how you're going to put it together and then you go sell it and you put it together. And I think that that's such an important lesson early on because like you said, when you weren't making money was when you were trying to figure everything out ahead of time with every possible scenario. And what am I going to say here? And how am I going to do it? And that doesn't make any money. And, and like, it sounded like you said, like half that stuff never happened or probably more than half of it. Yeah. But if we are willing to just to be brave and we do have that personal integrity and the commitment to make things happen and follow through and figure it out, then it's absolutely okay to build, you know, sell something and then build it. Because as long as you're operating in your integrity, like if it doesn't work, you can just refund people. Like you said, you were totally prepared to refund them. And, that is actually a huge safety net, I think, for entrepreneurs of being able to say, like, you know, I'm going to create this. I'm going to I'm going to create the concept, get the basics together and sell it and then figure out how to deliver it. Because if I don't, I can still be in integrity and refund people or I can pivot and change. I can still add tons of value to them. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that is super critical. Like, I mean, we made a decision early on that customer support customer satisfaction was going to be a a really big focus of what we did. And so we've always done that. 
that's one of the things I think what's why we grew so we grew so fast was because a lot of the people that were launching products in the space we were in weren't doing that. Yeah. And so the fact that we were actually answering emails and doing good customer support was like, oh, people love that. But yeah, I mean, there there are two sayings that I do all that I say all the time. One is uh, I always tell myself, never let failure go to your head. Yeah. Never. I mean, most people say never let success go to your head. I'm like, never let failure go to your head. Like, just keep trying and going until you go. And then the other one is like, if you want to feel good, do good shit. It's as simple as that. Like, you know, like if you're suffering from like imposter syndrome, low self-esteem, whatever, just like get out there and do some good stuff. It will go away. Like mainly you just got to stop thinking about yourself, but it's like, you know, those kinds of things have um, like, and as you go through more stuff and you experience more things and all of that, like the confidence just kind of naturally comes, right? It just sort of naturally comes. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Tom, this has been an absolute blast. We'll definitely have you back on the show soon because you have you are a genius and you have lots of wisdom. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. So, so Tell I that to my wife. I'm going to go out of my office and she's going to make me take out the trash. All right. So, well, like, she tell apparently hasn't got the memo, Gabe. <laughs> we'll, we'll let her know. So um, definitely, uh, definitely talk, check out uh, Tom's site. Remote Millionaires is one of them. And then OfflineSharks.com is the other one. Is that correct, Tom? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So. Yeah. So check out uh, what Tom's up to. Um, He's somebody that I definitely trust and respect. He's given me a ton of value in our interactions and helped me with things I'm launching and working on. You gave me some great feedback and ideas at at the event. So that was super helpful. And I just really appreciate the transparency and and honesty about your journey, because that's that's truly what, you know, allows other entrepreneurs to understand where they're at and get some context because the entrepreneurial journey and lifestyle is lonely and hard a lot of times, um, just like you described. And so understanding what it's you know what it's like um to to be you know where you're at and what it took to get there i think is just super valuable so i i really value and appreciate your time tom yeah thanks so much for having me it's been a lot of fun i appreciate it awesome well thanks everyone for tuning in and we will see everybody soon